Thank you for joining Fives of Crowd. Just a quick disclaimer. This episode may not be appropriate for all ages. Godzilla versus King Kong trailer drops on Saturday. I saw a clip. King I Kong was bigger it. than I thought. Agreed. I guess did they? Didn't, <laughs> well, maybe they said. I think they said that he's like young, and so in the movie, King Kong Skull Island or whatever, he's actually still young. Oh, so he's still growing. So maybe he's bigger. I was like, Godzilla's kind of a big deal. Who he's are you big, going for? Yeah, Godzilla. Godzilla. Thank you. Yes, Gorgira. Kong. You're going for Kong, aren't you? Come on. Do you remember, like, what was it, 2000s Godzilla with Matthew Broderick? Yeah. That was, was so actually, good. Yeah. With him? So oh, Godzilla, yeah. So it's bummed actually, they never made another one. It's actually <laughs> funny. Um, Is he the worm guy? Yeah. Yeah. On the post with the trailer dropping or whatever, I read someone's comment on there, and they were like, well, let's see. Godzilla defeated some ancient three-headed monster and, like, dominated and King Kong was over there struggling with some... Uh, Samuel L. Jackson? You know, he's like, <laughs> that with some helicopters and stuff. It could barely even do anything. I wonder who's going to win this. But it's t- it's 2021. We've got to make fair for everybody, so... Uh, see, that, that was kind <laughs> of my argument. That was my argument when they came out with Alien versus Predator. Like, I, I, they have to give Alien a advantage so they make it so Predator can't get his guns for the first little bit. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's basically like... Man versus deer. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) It's very accurate, yeah. Uh, Versus deer. (laughs) Speaking of hunting. (laughs) (laughs) No? Is that a wrong way to come into this? That's a very wrong way to come into this, but all right. You could have driven around it, but you went straight out. out. You're in and out. Let's go for it. it. Take it it. away. I like it. Take it away. Welcome to Fives of Crowd, ladies and gents. (laughs) We're here with the five idiots, Cam, Chris, Austin, Zach, (laughs) and myself, Tony. Hey, yo. Today, it's going to get kind of heavy. We're going to talk about... Theodore Robert Cowell, or as you might know him, Ted Bundy. Or is that dun, dun, dun. Tim, Tim Bondy? What was that? <laughs> Tom Bundy. <laughs> Tom Bundy. Is that Tom Bundy? Oh, wait a second. Bundy. I thought his name was Theodore Robert Bundy. It well, is it after. Is. Uh, we'll get to that. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm along for the ride today. Me too. So, um, so I'll start. So as I mentioned... Theodore Robert Cowell is his birth name, born November 24th, 1946. Um, <laughs> In Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> yes, thank you. You sound like you're reading like his, I know like, you're doing an his essay. dating profile. It's like his Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> some I've got that, my facts right here. <laughs> some of that paper again. Um, anyway, he. so from what I read is... He was, he did not know who his father was. He was raised by, well, his single mother, but uh, they lived with his grandparents. And in order to avoid the stigma of having a child out of wedlock, the grandparents claimed to be the parents and his mother was his older sister, in quotations. And he didn't know that for years. No. Right. He, He himself believed that they were his parents, and that was his older, older sister. 
In fact, it was later said that he actually kind of resented his mother for hiding that from him. Yeah. I think that might be well, part of it. Well, how could you not? Yeah. Right? Like, to find out that you lived with your mother, but your mother didn't tell you she was her your mother? <laughs> right. How would that? How weird would that be for the mom? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like you want to you want to like, nurture your child, but you got to do it in a sisterly way. You can't tell me what to do. You know, right. my mom. Whoa, son. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and so with his grandparents, I was kind of reading. Um, so his grandma, his grandma was very. Oh, what was the word they used? Um, like obedient, I think was the word they used. Um, she actually had to go through um, therapy, the electroshock therapy and Dang. stuff from what I read. I don't, again, let's say this starting now, this is just facts found on the internet. Real quick. So, I think my mic just went out. Nope. We no, can't hear just you. Fine. I can't hear myself. So like your uh, headphones went out. Yes. Yeah, something's like going in and out. Ah. There we go. Okay. <laughs> That was like the weirdest thing in the world. Such a problem. Game on. Popped back in. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then his grandfather was supposedly, so he was the one that Ted said he connected with, but yet they say his grandfather was a very abusive man, abused his wife, the dog. I read, well, I read he would kick dogs and cats. Yeah. Like, yeah. It didn't even matter if it he was He would theirs. swing cats by the tail. Mm-hmm. What? Well, yeah, he supposedly. I, mean, I do that, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you, you better add clarity. Yeah. He does not. That I was a very dark that. joke. Sorry. Sorry. Tom Bindi. <laughs> That's what it was. The redhead brother. <laughs> he said. So the grandfather I'm, even. Real so, quick. Sorry. On a side note, I don't do that, but. My mother-in-law. Oh, oh no, <laughs> she has actually killed a cat accidentally. Um, they had found some kittens or something or other, and they're trying to help them out, take care of them. She was loading the dishwasher, and one got into the dishwasher. She didn't know it, and she closed it and started it. Come to find out, like they kept hearing weird noises, and then didn't hear anything. And she went to the dishwasher, opened it up. <laughs> Kitten. Yeah. Well, we need a new dishwasher. It's you know hissing. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what's sad? People Sorry, are probably going to be but... more sad about that story than the fact that Bundy killed so many people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like 30, right? He killed oh, like 30. He confirmed, to 30. confirmed 30. He said he killed 36. upward of well, he, 100. He confessed to only 30. Uh, they, I think they only found evidence of 30. Okay, I thought it was in his last days in jail that he actually confessed to no, because thirty. At one point, he's quoted saying that on his first couple of kills, he was just killing. I forgot how he said it, willing nilly. Like I, he didn't use those words, but <laughs> um, and it wasn't until 1974 that he got his groove. And 1974 is when his first kill happened. That was in Washington, correct? Right. Yeah. But see, so according to him, by the time his what we know as his first kill, he considered himself a pro by that point. So he could have been killing way before that. Yeah, it shows right here, uh, January 1974. Bundy's very first crime was sexual assault of Karen Sparks, 18, a University of Washington student. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was a classmate, I believe. Like they were, 
They were and connected I, in some way. If I remember right, I think he had he kidnapped her in an alleyway, correct? It says he broke into her apartment while she was sleeping and beat her with a metal rod oh. before sexually assaulting her. Yeah. She wow. survived, but was in a coma for 10 days after oh the attack. It's crazy. She just came out a couple no. of years ago and, and like opened up about it. Really? What yeah. I was cause, well, because 2019 was the 30 year anniversary of his death. Hmm. And that's why that movie with Zac Efron came out. Um, some people were talking about it and stuff, but yes, you are, you are correct. He admitted to thir- killing 30 women. Reports show that he might have killed at least 90 to 100. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Now, I, I watched the Ted Bundy tapes, and those were really good. Dude, they, they're so disturbing, though, yeah. to, to hear to hear him talk. Yeah. Is just I don't know what it is like. It's like I you're listening to the devil himself like, in the presence of evil. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the sad thing about him too, though, is he didn't portray that, which is why he got a lot of these women the way he did because that's what makes it so much more eerie. And well, just, yeah, because he was so charming and so suave and debonair. Well, and, and women uh, found even, him attractive. Yeah. That it was just so easy to, you know, he even played the game of, oh, my arm's broken. I need some help mm-hmm. moving this furniture mm-hmm. into my van or whatever like on crutches and, you know? yeah and before that even in school so he was saying he didn't understand the concept of friendship he thought the idea of friendship was a waste of time yet they were saying that in school he was actually very well liked and very popular well, and so wasn't he an did, introvert at first though he was very introverted yes and mm-hmm. that's just it is he was like like, I almost, I can't help but think of Dexter, if you've ever watched Dexter. Okay. Oh, I love it. Okay. I feel like the the producers of Dexter must have done their homework on serial killers, because the way they portray Dexter is almost how this read, where he knows he's different, and he knows he can't have that close relationship, but yet he he's <laughs> smart enough to play the part. To fake it. Yeah. Well, he's a sociopath, right? Yeah. Right. So he has, is that, a sociopath is someone who can't feel feelings. Is right. that correct? As far as I know. They emulate so, what they see. Yeah. yeah. They just don't feel them, but they can fake them. He would practice yeah. how to act, how to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so in his early life, um, when his mother finally did remarry, she married she married the man with, I can't remember his first name, but his last name Johnny. is Bundy. Johnny Bundy. Johnny Bundy? Yeah. It was Johnny Culpepper Bundy. That's how old right. was he when that happened? He, so she moved, she moved to, so his mom and him moved to Tacoma, Washington in 1951. Yeah. And where she met Johnny, it doesn't say. So it was like five-ish? Because he was born in 46? roughly. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But his stepfather and his mom had four more children. Um, And he, he does admit that he had always felt unloved. Like by his mother, by his stepfather and stuff like that. And he didn't ever like have a close relationship with any of his siblings. See, uh, but see, but with that, though, he claims that. But I heard that they still tried to involve him like they went on family campouts and different things like that. And he chose not to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be part of, you know, having like sociopathic tendencies, things like right. that, like not truly perceiving that love or. They did include him, but it was a reluctant inclusion. It's like, you See, are still our child, but these four were yeah. our creation. You're just the extra. At, at the same time, too, though, he when he was saying, he said that his family was very a very good Christian family, but he just had feelings of 
Well, kind of Satanism. Was it him that said by the age 15, he had thoughts. He started having thoughts constantly that weren't okay to share. Yeah. But I he said it's because of literature he was looking at. Well, see, what really made that profound. See, kind Go of ahead. backing up a little bit. It, it showed they, there was a story that when he was still living with his grandparents. So this is younger than age five. I age think three. You said three. Yeah. yeah. He or his his aunt. I think it was. Was it his aunt? Yeah. She woke up from a nap surrounded by knives and Bundy at three years old, just standing there smiling at what? her. Oh my gosh. Wow. Three years old. Bro, don't give me those nightmares. Nice. Mike is almost three. Blade pointed Dude, we at all her. Know, yeah. We all know the face that Brindley gives. <laughs> Brindley's past that. She hasn't <laughs> okay, shown good. any more okay, signs. <laughs> but no, um, but once they moved into Washington, um, he, Bundy said that he would roam the neighborhoods digging through trash cans, mm -hmm. trying to find naked pictures. Yeah. Um, and then he also liked to look, he liked to look at crime novels and magazines, especially the ones that were about sexual violence and they, had pictures. Like he liked the ones that were illustrated and he, he said that like the images and stuff that would make a normal person cringe didn't even phase him. Basically a lot of, a he lot of imagery of, of women being subdued, tied up in Correct. handcuffs, whatever. Right. Especially in those crime novels. And so that led him to get into, he talked about being into like violent pornography. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then he That's got a in. system of a down song. <laughs> And and then yes, it is. It. You are correct. I'm sorry, anyways. And it actually came into my mind when I said, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> but not right. But, yeah, yeah. So when he was a kid, too, he uh, would make traps and put yeah. sticks. Oh, the tiger he'd traps. Pop, yeah, he'd make tiger traps. And traps. So what exactly is a tiger trap for so those he would dig a hole. He would dig a hole. And what Big he would hole. do is take sticks and carve points on them. Okay. And he'd put them in the bottom and then cover it with debris and leaves. And he'd just <clears> leave <throat> it out in the middle of the woods. And there was actually a young girl who fell into one of those traps. And, and, and the, it just yeah, hurt her like leg. slid all the way yeah. up. Like one of the sticks cut all the way up her leg. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Well, she was lucky that's all that happened. Which is, I mean, me as a kid, I'd made frog traps where I dig a little hole so frogs would go in there and I grab them but I, I never mean, did I actually dug little little holes in the backyard covered them with but leaves there I were mean, no spikes just think <laughs> to the extent that it, I mean how much energy a little kid like this think about this a little kid like that digging a big huge hole like that with spikes in it mm -hmm. right how, well, that's I, something pure intent to that do something to hurt something, that. Hurt, hurt yeah. something to or cause someone. pain well, yeah. and I, I read, and I don't know how true this part is, but kind of around the same time as the traps, it, he actually hit a kid over the head with like a big log or something like that, just to see how it went. He wanted like, to hear I how think it of, sounded. I think like of just, Rob Zombie's version of Halloween when yep. Mike Myers, Michael Myers ends up beating that kid. Like that serial killer instinct. I, I don't know. I feel like those poor people are messed up from the beginning. But I well, I and know. they and they said he had a an IQ of one thirty six, which is considered gifted. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, like what? What is it, the average IQ? Probably to put it on a scale, eighty like, or something. I have no idea. Google. So we can find out real 
quick. I was going to say that just to put in a scale like that would technically make him like very smart, right? On the higher spectrum. Gifted, like yeah. Average is no. 90 to 110. 90 to 110. And he was at 135? 136, which puts him in very superior intelligence. See. Mm. Above 140, just to give you an idea, is, is near, near genius, genius or is considered genius. Wow. So... So I'm probably like in the 80s range. I'm I was going to say the same. I'm a solid 72. <laughs> about me, not you. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Can your IQ fluctuate? Because I feel like on nights when I'm with you guys, it takes a dip. It takes a dip. <laughs> <laughs> it takes some time to recover until the next episode. I'm way watching some of the children's shows they have on TV now. It's contagious. Hello, IQ is contagious. <laughs> Oh, but man, no, I'd seriously, like, like they, they talk about studies with different serial killers and like the intent to harm animals is something prevalent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you see him like just killing animals and hurting them with no remorse. But that's not to be confused with hunters <laughs> at all. Well, yeah, because they, so do, they don't do anything. They just yeah. discard it's them just, or they use them, hold the them as a trophy. of killing. Yeah. It's, well, they yeah. do it in a torturous manner. Exactly. Like, yeah, with malintent, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. So, not to go like super dark, but a few episodes ago, we were trying to think of reasons to like certain situations where murder should be legal. Are there certain? Is there like a certain age when, if you get a super rotten egg like this kind of kid, where you're like, "Yeah, this kid's." I uh, wait for him to get a driver's license. Sixteen. <laughs> And then I take Cut him the out. I would, dude. I don't make if, it if look I like knew an accident. Everything about this, I, I, gosh, this makes me dude, sound horrible. It, no, but I would. I. It's really, actually funny. Would. It's funny you bring that up. There is a there's a TV show, um, called Defending Jacob, and it's about this. Ooh. So it's it's well, it's about this in the way that this this kid ends up dead, <clears throat> and then all this evidence comes out, and it kind of points to the kid. But it, not necessarily. It could also point to someone else. So this whole time, like the whole series, it's only one season. It's like a mini series. You see them not only trying to figure out who actually did this, but they're blaming like they're they're blaming the kid for it. And so you see his parents and what they're going through, trying to truly like they want to believe their son that he didn't do it. But then things are happening that kind of make them question that belief. And it's wild because it goes back and forth and it truly makes you think like, what would I do? Like a psycho thriller. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. like, you're like, what the heck? Like if, if I knew my kid did this, what would I do? Would I do something about it? Or would I try to protect him? Like it's, it's wild. It's totally a mind bender and makes you think about this exact scenario. If yeah. somebody had killed and I knew, and I knew for a doubt without a doubt that he'd killed a woman or two women like that. I don't know, man. I think I would do it, and then I just go turn myself in. Like, not. I would, <laughs> dude. This pisses well, me off. Well, that's the thing. Would I you, so would you, yeah. would you want to like turn him into the authorities or deal with it yourself? Well, let's say he's a suspect, but they don't, they can't arrest him. But you know, and you know it's going to happen again. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's, that's what's so, so. It's a heavy topic, yeah. but oh, it's yeah. definitely like because even if the, as a kid, right, he's going to get tried as a kid. Or like, what's the age where you can get tried as an adult? I think it honestly depends well, on yeah, what they can I've, prove. I've listened to a lot of crime podcasts, and there's times where a kid's 15, 16 years old, but the murder is so 
horrific horrific yeah. that they do try him as an adult or like like horrific and like thought out and yes. planned and like premeditated yeah Ugh, okay sorry so and real quick though to put in per- perspective of sometimes with the parents i listened to one this one is horrible beyond horrible um without getting into any detail there was a kid who um killed a little girl in his neighborhood and he ended up having a waterbed and stuffed her body Oh my gosh! Inside the water, like uh, he took out a panel on the very side of his bed and put her underneath the waterbed. Oh my! And the gosh. mom went into that room and was kind of smelling something funky, uh. and then she saw a piece of the bed was broken, and she goes, "Ah, oh, this dang kid getting mad!" And so she went to go fix it, and it popped down, and he she found the body of this little girl. It was the neighborhood they were looking for. In fact, that kid was out looking, helping the people look for this girl. And he got back home and she like basically sat him in the chair and said, you're going to tell me what happened. And he finally broke down, explained. And it has the whole details on, on 911. And she called and she's like, you need to come pick up my son. She was in tears, just bawling. And she's like, you need to come pick up my son. See, I think that's what I, if, if I was a parent is I, I would turn my kid in. I would hope that they didn't get the death penalty or anything. But I would make sure that they were behind bars for the rest of their life. Savable mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. You know, and I'd probably still that be aspect, that parent and visit them in prison and everything like that. But I yeah. would make sure they were behind bars for the rest of their life. I wouldn't no. give up on them, but I'd make sure that they answered for what they did and exactly. that they couldn't harm anybody else. So um, on Bundy, that was actually one thing I found kind of interesting. You saying that that kid was actually part of the search party and stuff. I found... I saw that, uh, and this is kind of jumping forward a little bit, but Bundy, he actually joined like a crime prevention Mm -hmm. team and he specifically wrote um, like directions for women on how to avoid rape. And yet here he is out doing it. Yeah. So he was trying to make it harder for his victims. He was taking the story. He was making it harder for himself because it was too easy. Basically, I don't know. It's just a side story. It's why would this guy be out doing this when he's telling exactly. women how to not do it? Exactly. Yeah. That's weird. Well, and I mean, it, it, it totally was a game for him because like you, you look at I'm looking at like an article in psychology today, kind of trying to analyze him as much as they can, because he very well m- might be one of like the most infamous serial killers. Like everybody knows who Ted Bundy is or yeah. has heard about him. Yeah. Even before all the Netflix stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they, they talk in here, they say that he had a cool and unemotional demeanor combined with a keen intellect and a charming personality, which makes him a very effective psychopathic killer. Mm-hmm. He lacked interpersonal empathy. He was in, unable to feel pity or remorse. He did not value human life or care about the consequences of his crimes. He was callous, indifferent, and extremely brutal in his interactions with his victims. He well, they were possessions to him. Well, yeah. well, he was exactly. He was very yeah. much a uh, power and control type like person. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he would, you know, emit power and control over these women, and he would prolong he was very patient and he would prolong their murder essentially. So like to take his sadistic pleasure out of all of it, but he going back to like the game we were kind of talking about, he would take the trophies of 
jewelry off the women he killed and give them to the women who were important to him in his life. And he would tell them like he found it on the street. He's like, I want you to have this. And that was his like secret game. So seeing them wear the trophies of the women that he killed was just like the sick little game for him that brought him pleasure. That's Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say when you were sitting there describing all this stuff, it's crazy to me how many parallels you see between uh, Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Epstein. When yeah. you when you start oh, yeah. thinking of like the yeah. power hungry, the powerhouses that mm-hmm. are sociopaths and like basically control the room, they are in control at all times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's creepy, man. It's exactly. Creepy. See, that's that I saw that that's why in a young age he started burglary. It kind of started out with different kinds of burglary because he wasn't stealing because he had to. He just liked to be able to look at this possession that now he has because he wanted it and he went out and got it. He also, yeah, he so he was from humble beginnings and Mm -hmm. he always wanted to be in the high class and he always thought he deserved it. So he's very narcissistic as well. Mm -hmm. It's just a deadly cocktail. Just well, and he he's he said basically like in some of his interviews and stuff, he said the fantasy that accompanies and generates the anticipation that precedes the crime is always more stimulating than the immediate aftermath of the crime itself. So essentially he was stuck in this just loop because he would, he would anticipate the act, the like kidnapping, the murder, all of it. And I mean, one of the worst things, I don't know if I I knew this before and just blocked it out or forgot about it, but he's, he's a necrophile. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So he would, he would, it yeah. was violate, yeah. violate yeah. the dead women, the, yes. the women, because there was no, they could not reject him. Mm-hmm. Well, so to add to that, it was saying that he wouldn't just do sexual things. He would dress them up. He would, one of them, he said he shampooed her hair, yep. put makeup on her, got her dressed how he wanted. And he was quoted saying something along the lines of that. Like when they're in that state, you can make them whatever you want them to be. Yeah. Wow, that's gross. Where you're talking yeah. about, yeah. And when you're talking about where he'd be in the cycle, so there was a detective when he was in the Washington, Oregon area that picked up a clue that the first two, he'd kill two 23 days apart, and then he'd kill two others 32 days apart, and then 20, and then 23, two at 23, two at 30, uh, uh, 36 again. So he had this pattern. Like a cadence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But th- from what he explained in his last days, is it'd like build and build and build, and then he'd have to let it out. And, and it's like, like, like a pressure cooker. Yeah. Like he just, and then it'd just be on those patterns. But, well, I think that would play right in line with his anticipatory, uh, you know what I mean? Because if, exactly. if it's like, all right, four weeks out, you know. Bam. Yeah. He mm-hmm. could build and he probably had some sort of system almost like, well, and he yeah, did have, he did have a lot of patterns because a lot of the, the women he would go after had very similar features. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah, they all, were yeah. all, they were all brunettes and, and what parted down the middle. And Hard. even it, it was so bad. Like this got so publicized to the point that women were do- bleaching their hair. Yep. Yeah. Because they didn't want to be the type that he was looking for. Shoulder length parted down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually in, I think it said blue slacks or blue jeans. They like they even were wearing certain things. Wow, right. very mm-hmm. specific. Yeah. So um, let's keep walking down this timeline because I'm curious to see how he kind of evolves into this evil character. Well, he, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he started no, real, real young, but 
Well, again, he was smart because he. I'm not. Sh- I. Th- I'm not sure what he was going to school for in Washington, but I imagine it's the same thing he was going to school for in Utah, was which lo- was to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, he was going to law school. Yes, he did. Sci- he did psychology though. He did a psychology class too. He didn't. Oh my gosh! Like it's that, and he was getting into politics. Yep. He, it's uh, so wild. Right. But that was for a status thing for him. I is right. what they feel like. Yeah. Was this way down the line? Did we have more to cover in his childhood and N- teens? No, I mean, his his childhood was really just that. Like he, like there's conflicting stories. Yeah. Some that say he had a, a good Christian family. Some that say he had a abusive family. And then you have the tiger traps and the girl that got hurt. Um, they believe so, he murdered a neighbor. Yes. Was actually one of his first victims, but they never... Could they never could prove it, it when he was 14. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was actually from an article, from an article I was reading, he, he idolized his uncle and his uncle was a piano teacher. And so his uncle was teaching this girl who went missing. And so, well, and it was a very publicized, uh, mm-hmm. kidnap or yeah. Abduction, missing girl. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was until way after, like after he was caught for the other Correct. stuff that they actually thought, well, right. They put it together because it was in yeah. Tacoma, Washington, where mm-hmm. he grew up. And so they were like, well, Bundy, what, he lived down just a few houses. So but yeah. Bundy never admitted to it. So they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, like his his first attack is believed other than that one is believed to be in January of 1974. And that was that Sparks Yep, that's Karen Sparks. She was 18, um, a student, Washington, University of Washington. He broke into her po- uh, apartment, you know, beat her with the rod and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, like she survived, had brain damage, has no memory of what happened to her. But he never admitted to that one, right? Because the first one he actually admitted to was was Healy, Linda and Healy. Mm-hmm. was the first one that he actually was admitted to. Was his first to. confirmed murder. Yeah. yeah. Just month, one month later. One month later in February, yeah. Yeah. And she was she was also a student at University of Washington. Mm-hmm. He broke into her apartment. He abducted her and then later confessed to her murder. Yeah. I'm assuming like way later. But from the span of July 1974, uh, they believe he killed eight women in Seattle. So that's 10 total so yeah, far. So he's already at 10. And we haven't even left 1974 yet. Yep. And he's not even 30 years old. He's what, 28, I think? Yeah, I think I think so. Somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. And they had no idea. And he, so he's killed 10 women and law enforcement <clears throat> has no idea that it's him. There, there's not even a trace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like all be. the people that knew him were like, no, he's, he's too like straightforward. They, they couldn't even think of suspecting him in something like this because he was too nice and charming and well, good of a person. And that's what it said. So kind of jumping around a tiny bit, um, after he kind after Utah, uh, that's what they said is after they finally got somewhat of a sketch and they released it, everybody was like, I know that sketch, but, and so they would call into the authorities and the authorities are like, nah, no, nah, that's not him. He's a clean cut, uh, law student, blah, blah, blah. Well, and even it, in Washington though. So yeah, he right. actually got suspected. He didn't get booked or anything, but he got suspected in Washington after the 10. And it was at the lake, uh, when the two women went missing at Lake Sammamish, Sammamish. 
is where two women disappeared. Mm -hmm. But I think he'd gotten his confidence so up that thinking he could get away with it. Sorry. No, I was going to just say that he actually took those women in broad daylight. Yes. They, oh, yeah. 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 It, it was in the middle. Like it was a heavy packed yes. out beach that day and he went and asked him for help. He had a, I think he used a sling. He, used a a sling. he would use fake yeah. casts he and slings. reeled them back to his car he and asked him, knocked both of them out yeah. and threw them in the back of his car and him, drove off. He asked him to help him put his sailboat on his, on his car. Yeah. But he asked Supposedly, him. Supposedly, they yes. haven't had any proof that yeah. he did anything. But, but he asked him in front of their friends and said his name was Ted. Yeah. And the, his vehicle. Yeah. No. So... Yeah. Well, and at that time, wasn't he driving around a VW bus? It was a yes. VW. Oh, yeah. Yes. He, he it was did that for most of it. They light had, brown. They yeah. actually have it in some museum. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Burn that thing. Oh, freak. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. He, so he, he moves to Utah where he continues to go to law school. Um, what year was this? This was in like 70. Wasn't it? It was 75, like 76. Yeah, it was, it was right, like right after, after. Yeah. The Samanish because. So he, it was still 74. It was October, November 74. Yeah, because he was starting to get picked up on in Washington. Yes, they were starting to get on yeah. the trail. And his girlfriend at the time was just like, no, there's no way. And he had a girlfriend who had a daughter that he was with. Yes. At the time in Washington. Yes. And her family was from Utah, which isn't that the reason, uh, another reason why it led them to Utah? Um, I, I don't know if that's the same one or if that's the one that he met after that the first one. Okay. It's right in well, that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, if I was just going to say, like, coming to Utah, he ended up joining the LDS Church. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he, he talked totally to the missionaries, got baptized. Blended in, tried to be one. Like, he, he was really good at hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. totally coming off as this clean cut, like, good, just straightforward good guy. And uh, I've I've always heard stories of like people seeing his beetle parked at like East High, in in Salt Lake. Yeah, he would hit, watch you know high school girls and like look basically well, of, look for his next victim. One of his victims was from Viewmont in Bountiful. So you, it's so weird, and I think that's why we chose him as our first like thing is that it's so close to home. Didn't right? he get yeah. closer to than that? Didn't he? Uh, wasn't one of the from, girls from? Uh, from Bonneville or closer than that? From what from what I read, the closest was um, Bountiful. Bountiful. Okay. What? <laughs> what am I doing? Turn your mic down to your face. Why? There you go. You're kind of quiet. Oh. But uh, I I've I've heard this story. I honestly don't know if this is just urban legend or if this has actually happened. Maybe you guys have heard this too. But I've heard a story of a couple um, who was out on a date late one night in Provo. And they were in a park, like walking down a, a a walking path, and they came to this like kind of these trees that shrouded the the path a little bit. And the girl started to get scared because it was just dark. And she's like, uh, she's like, I don't know. And the guy's like, no, 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 come on, let's go. Like, let's walk down. And like they keep going, and then they both kind of stop, and they just had this this weird, just eerie, just creepy feeling. And uh, the guy's like. You guys like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's just go back. And so they turn around and they go back to the car. Well, later, and I guess, I guess he, Ted Bundy confirmed that the only, the time he was closest to getting caught by some random people, he was on a walking path in Provo, hiding in these trees just off the path with a woman that he had just like killed. Oh, oh. So he, he like had killed her. He was off to the side. These people came and he was going to take them out if they discovered him, obviously, but they didn't. So again, like take it with a grain of salt. I don't know. 
I haven't had a chance to like fully dive in and see if it's true, but I've heard the story actually multiple places. I've heard that as well. Mm. And that's the hard thing about Ted Bundy too, is he had multiple, well, I don't know how many interviews, but he had a lot of, he had some interviews mainly with one guy towards the end there when he was getting mm-hmm. on death row. But even that guy was like, this guy is still so manipulative. Oh yeah. yeah. Like he's like, I'm having these interviews with him and he's still, Still manipulative. Like how, he's how like, I can can't trust? believe half the stuff that he's saying to me. Yeah. So, he, you know, he could have even said something like that. And it was like, the guy is like, are you sure? Like, you know, you take it with mm-hmm. a grain of salt. Because even Ted Bundy in the end days oh, yeah. was still lying about a lot of stuff. That why, he did. why would he, yeah. like, he feels no remorse. He feels no empathy or no, no which pain for what he did. Why would he tell the truth in the well, end? And that's what always confused me. He had no remorse, no empathy. I mean, granted, yeah, it's like, I don't care. I'm not going to tell you guys what happened. But at the same time, it's like, man, why don't you just just confess well, it, it all, man? Like, just give peace to these people. But That's he comes back. Why. why would he? It comes back to him needing to be in control, though. He loved the fact that That's he true. knew where the bodies were and nobody else did. And that he was, he liked the attention mm-hmm. at the end of it. I mean, this whole this whole trial went like celebrity status. Right. He, yeah. he loved Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy. Gosh, well, they were, there were, again, kind of jumping around a little bit, but you just say in the trial thing, at one point he could have taken a plea bargain and basically gotten off, but he couldn't admit to being guilty. And so he passed up the plea deal because the plea deal meant he would have to plead guilty. Well, and don't forget, he was representing himself. Yes. Yeah. He didn't have a lawyer. He was his own lawyer the whole time. Not, a, well, not at first. The very first trial, he had a lawyer. Let's get okay. to that. But let's go back but, to Utah for a minute. Yeah. Good old so Utah. we can keep it. We yeah, keep yeah. Kind of keep it chronological, yes. easier to follow. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you have more about Utah? So, <laughs> I know, so in Utah. I know there was at one point, which is actually really weird, and I know this, this officer oh, yeah. kind of beat himself up about it. There was one point where they had had suspicion of what was going on, and an officer had pulled, pulled him over. And he had had a mask in the back seat. Yes. He gloves, had gloves, tape. tape, twine, rope, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this officer was very suspicious of everything. And I can't remember why. He but thought he ended it, up letting him go. He well, was he, just, no, no. He, was he booked him. Did he book he him? He booked him. Yes. That's when he yeah. got booked to Murray Jail. But he got away. Like nobody... No, he ended on him. He got expedited to Colorado because he had to take a jump to Colorado. Okay, so wait, is this is this after Carol Durant? Carol Durant is is first. So she so yes. Carol Durant is the wo- the woman that he tried to kidnap. Yes. But tried she to, ended up escaping. Was yes. that the girl in the Sears parking lot? He tried to abduct her and she ended up being able to squirm away? No. So it, well, she was the first one cuz a a couple people have, oh, only a couple women have gotten it, away from with, him. with but, her. Yeah, she was shopping. So maybe, I think you're right. Yes. But he he played off to be an officer with her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he played off to be an officer, a police, police officer. detective. He was a, a police detective. detective in his Volkswagen. This is how crazy this. How guy. convincing yes. he was. He was a police. He gave, showed a fake badge That's right. and convinced her to get in the car where he assaulted her in that vehicle. Well, in the skirmish, he was trying to handcuff her. He handcuffed her arm. I'm getting chills. This is gross, man. You so. He handcuffs her, and in the skirmish, he ends up throwing the other handcuff on the same arm 
instead of getting both her arms handcuffed to where she escaped out of the out of the vehicle and she got in a car with a couple that was behind and he took off and then she went and filed the report yeah because he he approached her saying that somebody tried to break into her car yes that she needed to come down to the station to file a report he he tried to also hit her with a crowbar yeah well it wasn't until she pointed out she's like this isn't the way to the police station yeah and so when she started to get on come on to it that's when he tried to knock her out mm-hmm. and then the whole handcuff situation yeah yep and that's but, what led to his arrest yes. in august of 1975 yeah because he was driving found. around kind of funky and that's yeah. when the cop pulled him over thought the stuff was for a burglary and so and i want to say i want to say was it that time they ended up finding the strands of hair from three different women in the vehicle in the vehicle and they were saying that the fact that it was three different women in the same vehicle is just beyond coincidence yeah so he ended up getting booked for for aggravated assault on her they had no idea but they had no idea well, yeah and they the didn't monster know. they had in the car well uh, because in, the jail. in january of that year so he got arrested in august in january he killed karen eileen campbell so the, the girl you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And they found her body nude about a month later near an Aspen ski resort. Um, and that's when he actually confessed to. But then he, he, had con- he had killed more women even before he got arrested in August. Yeah. So he killed a Julianne Cunningham, Denise Lynn Ol- Oliverson, Lynette Don Culver, and Susan Curtis. Yeah, who at the time was, was his longtime girlfriend... Oh, his longtime girlfriend called the police and shared her suspicions about Bundy. Yes. So that's when she finally like noticed something weird yep. was going on. And she like shared some suspicions. So she found out that all the murders had stopped once he left Washington. Mm-hmm. And came to well, Utah and what was weird is he would go Utah. back to stay with her. She wouldn't tell him that mm-hmm. she's tried to turn him in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, a couple others, it was saying. So on October 18th, there was a Melissa Ann Smith who was 17 years old. She was a Midville police chief daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. She, um, that's where he was. Midville jail jail is yeah. where he got booked. Um, there was a Lauren Ann aim was also 17. Uh, yeah, just, well, in, in what happened too, like if we looking at his longtime girlfriend, he, he got so comfortable with her that he would start, he started talking to her. So she noticed like the news of the kidnappings and possible murders were making making headlines. So she called the police and in the conversation, she said he mentioned an incident about following a sorority girl when he was out late at night and he would follow people like that. But he tried not to, but he just did anyway. Yeah. So so he shared with her just things that he did. Parts of it. Yeah. And so she started just putting pieces together. And, and, you know, ended up calling the police and stuff. Yeah. You know, with that girlfriend. So she's the one that actually was in the picture for most of the time mm-hmm. in Oregon. Um, he actually admitted. So it says that Washington, right? Yeah. In Washington. Yeah. Okay. Um, he decapitated. What was it? Twelve of oh, his yeah. victims. Yeah. And, kept, and he would keep and he, he kept their heads. Mm-hmm. But he's he admitted that one of them he burned in his girlfriend's fireplace. Like Dang. just ugh. So but, back in Utah, we confirmed this. So when he was in Utah, didn't he get expedited to Colorado because they could trace him to a killing? Well, that's the yeah. girl that they found naked, the, right. the Campbell girl. So 
I know he escaped twice. Yes. And it wasn't out of Utah, right? No, it was was in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. So he got expedited to Colorado. Mm -hmm. But the crazy, so with that, um, with that escape, the reason why he was able to escape is because he was his own, he was acting as his own attorney. Mm -hmm. However you phrase that. He won the trust of, of, of his, of the judge and everything. So because, so because he was acting as his own, um, attorney he the judge said he didn't need to wear handcuffs or ankle shackles in the library yeah well mm-hmm. not yet so he didn't have to wear those well then he requested to go to the library so he could do more research for his case yes. and it was in there there was a window behind a bookshelf that he was able yep. to jump out of and it was a two-story two story building two-story yes. window but the crazy thing is is he had prepped for this by jumping off of his top bunk in his jail cell to strengthen his legs. And he would jump off of his top bunk over and over and over to strengthen his legs. He prepped for this. Dude. And then if you've, you watched the Ted Bundy tapes, I've saw, I've seen parts of it. Um, he was, he would smile every time he'd be in jail. They, you know, they basically had him dead to rights and he would just sit there and be like, no, I'm going to get out. Right. Yeah. Like, well, just the, so pompous and like arrogant about the whole but thing. But part of it too is I think he didn't know how to respond to emotion to where he just stayed, tried to stay charismatic the whole time mm. is what it is. I, I think he couldn't get out of character at that point. He felt like he had to stay in character. Mm. So earlier how I was talking about how the police kind of messed up, I found, I was kind of looking at it. This is what it was. This is how insane, how not to say that, you know, Salt Lake police messed up, but this is how close they were. Um, so he was arrested. The officer, the highway patrolman mm-hmm. pulled him over, yep. saw all the suspicious stuff, ended up arresting him um, because his car also matched the one from Carol Durant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they brought him in. In the meantime, they got a warrant to go search his apartment. Oh, that's right. And they searched everywhere. They found a playbill from the Viewmont High School where one of the other girls was kidnapped and mm-hmm. gone missing. And they had all this circumstantial evidence, but nothing to hold him yes. on. And so they ended up having to let him go on his own recognizance. Oh. And he later said that the police searching his apartment um, missed by like a few feet. He's like, if they found this... They were a few feet away from finding a stash of photographs that he had taken of all his dead victims. Polaroid pictures. Polaroid pictures. And he eventually, he realized how close they was. So he went and burned them all. Hmm. See, and you want to hear something messed up about that? So they asked him why. Like, they asked him, why did you take Polaroid pictures of your victims? And he said, when you work hard to do something right, you don't want to forget it. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah. See, and that's in the meantime, after they had let him go, I believe he had gone off and I, I didn't look into it, but I believe he'd gone off and murdered a couple more people after that. Like he just, and so basically if the police would have caught that, it would have stopped a couple. It's more. crazy. Now, how but, do they know that he was just a few feet from? Cause he admitted it. He admitted it. He later in his own yeah, things, right. he, he admitted, he had said that they were so close. He's like, if they found, I don't know what it was. He was just like, if they f- they found these few items, and if they found those few items, they were within feet of finding these Polaroids. Like, did they not 
upturn that room. And they must not have. Who knows? Yeah, my just went known. in and just kind of just like. Well, and here's here's what's crazy. Like <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of the stuff he had in his trunk. Yeah. There's straight up mm-hmm. a ski mask. There's an ice pick in there. Yep. Handcuffs. Gross. Handcuffs. Crowbar. And again, back to his convincing Nylon. stories is he said he's like, well, the ski mask is obviously for skiing. The I found gosh. the handcuffs in a in a dumpster. Yeah, he's like, I found the handcuffs and in a dumpster. Everything else is hand, uh, household items. Yeah, and they're just he just plays it off like it's well, no big deal. Well, well I thought he said the ski mask. He goes, he the gloves and the ski mask. He he was gonna go shovel the snow, and so he needed that to shovel the snow. Like well, just either way, just yeah, just think about it. If you, you're a man that shows no emotion, yeah, how easy is it to lie? Because right. you're, you're never going to show an emotion. You're not going to have that jittery remorse voice or jitter or, or worry. You literally, and and these psychologists say it. They're like he, he was basically the perfect killing machine. The charm, the good looks, the keen intellect, the need to dominate, the cold bloodedness, the psychopathic personality. He's a perfect killing machine, and people like it says he continues to fascinate and perplex us to this very day. Like we're still talking about, it's been over 30 years yeah. since he died. I was going to say, I have to admit, watching the Ted Bundy tapes in the courtroom when he's talking, I have to admit, at one point I'm like, what if he is innocent? <laughs> just, <laughs> no, because, for real. No, And I'm, I'm not saying I think he is, but like he is yeah. just so dang convincing that mm-hmm. you're just like, man. Because like at one point in the in the tapes, he's talking about how He's like, your honor, this is a classic wrong place at the wrong time situation. He's like, I didn't do it. And it's just like, oh, yeah, maybe he's right. Like, I just, yeah. oh. He yeah. knew how to play the heartstrings well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, so, had a, he had a power yeah. over words. So in Colorado, he escapes the jail. Second story, but he hurts his ankle. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the library? Yeah, the library. Second, jumps so out of the second story, story jumped out of the library. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. So jumps Runs out of the, to the woods. He steals a car. Drives erratically because he hurt his ankle. He ends up getting caught again. Like it was, what was it? Days after? Wasn't well, it yeah. like two days after? So yeah. So he runs into the woods and yes. gets lost. He ends up, well, he goes to, he finds a hunting cabin. Yes. And gets a rifle, yeah. some food and a coat or something yeah. like that. And then starts heading south of Aspen. And he ends up missing the trails that would have led him where he wanted to go, but he misses the trails. And so then he comes across like another cabin or something like that, uh, stocks up again, but heads back to Aspen because he's lost. And that's when he steals the car. Steals and, the car. Um, and I remember seeing the video of the cops finding him yeah. and he was just like, yeah, I don't know where I'm at, or I, I can't remember what he was saying, yeah. but he was just so just like, well, the, the crazy thing is, is there's roadblocks everywhere, because obviously by this time they've realized he's gone. Mm-hmm. There's roadblocks everywhere, and he goes back to town. Like, yeah. I don't know, blows my mind. Well, and he said, like in his interview, he said, the windows are open, the fresh air is blowing through, and the sky was blue, and I said, I'm ready to go. And I walked to the window, and I jumped out. Yeah, that's what like. Honest, I just got sick and tired of being locked up. Well, and then Jeez. for something that he didn't commit is what he was saying. Like, well, and the craziest part is, is so he he's defending himself. He's in the library researching these things, not in shackles, just willy nilly mm-hmm. being able to walk about. He gets caught. Right. And then the second time 
he still is in like the same situation, right? Like they still let him walk around the library without shackles. No, or they had him protected this time. But, but listen to this. So, he he lost enough weight to squeeze through a hole uh, in the ceiling. Yeah, that's where I was going to go with that. So he saw that there was a hole above a, a, a loose light fixture. He lost weight so he could fit through that hole. Like 35 pounds or something. And, and the crazy thing is, too, is all the, the inmates that were next to him, they would say, hey, Bundy's up in the up in the roof moving around. Like, we can hear him above ourselves. Yeah, because he would and get up there and, and practice. And they didn't climb through the ventilation ducts. Yeah. And yeah. They, didn't look, they didn't look into it to see what was they going on. They didn't check out his cell? I have no idea. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was he on put, him. He put, blank, he put books under his blanket to make it appear that he was still in his cell sleeping. Yeah. So the, the crazy thing, too, and I can't, I'm trying to find so it he, here. Well, he, he dropped down from the ducks into one of the guards' apartments in the building, yep. changed into the guards' clothes, and walked out of the prison. Yep, and then that's when he got away and fled to, well, he went he, to Chicago. Went to Chicago first, but backing up a little bit, the crazy thing with that escape is um, it was saying in here, like I said, oh, so, so actually backing up a little bit more, so he got arrested after that. Utah Highway Patrolman got him, but he had a fifteen thousand dollar bail that his parents paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, then, See, going then he got back, like, but he, had I a, would not pay the right? bail. Yeah. Well, at this point though, I don't think it was for kidnapping, which is still just as bad, but it wasn't for murder. So at this point so he was they, being tried they, for they that. They still believed him. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but he convinced a friend to give him money when he bailed to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say though, um, is that he, they were saying that if he would have just been patient, he could have been a free man because their evidence wasn't strong enough to hold him that he could have the or it, the evidence for the murder wasn't strong enough. The kidnapping, he well, was that's, he was convicted in Utah to for the kidnapping to one to 15 years. Yes. And he what actually was that got for Durange. Yes. Yeah. But they couldn't get him on anything else. They they found. So he sold his Volkswagen to a kid. They ended up going to that kid and pounding it and found traces of hairs that was linked to three different victims. Mm-hmm. And the officers were like, these being here are like circumstances, you know, it's not possible. Yeah. You know, the, the circumstances. He's like, he is the guy. But I don't think they had enough evidence no. so, to charge him. But the only thing they had, because, of course, Durant was alive is she eyed him out of a lineup, and that was mm-hmm. the only thing they had to get him on. So they got him on that, mm-hmm. and then Colorado, because of the murders he did mm-hmm. there, said, we want to charge him now, yeah. too. Well, because he, he escaped Colorado in 77? Yeah, so it wasn't... They found the dead girl in 75 in the snowmass, the Campbell girl. Mm-hmm. And then he was Next in Colorado in 77. Resort, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think it's crazy, though, that... They were saying that if he would have just been patient, he maybe would have had to spend a year or so in prison for the kidnapping, yeah. served his time for the kidnapping, and then he would have been a free man, like that close. If he, but instead, he let his ego get to him. He didn't want to be held, and that's when he escaped through the ducks. Power. Yeah. And so he escaped from the ducks, and that's when he went to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then in Chicago, he stole a car and he, he got on a train and went to Michigan. 
Okay. And then in Michigan, he stole a car and went to Atlanta, right? Man, he went... Didn't yeah, he, down yeah, to Georgia. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, drove yeah, south. Yeah. He went, eventually work his way into yep. Florida. He yeah, south, he went to Atlanta. Got on a bus to go to Tallahassee. To go to Tallahassee. Okay. And then he it basically was, like went in a giant circle. Right. Like he he escaped Florida, went to Michigan, or no, went to Chicago, went to Michigan. He escaped Colorado. Went to Atlanta. No, this was after Florida. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he escaped Florida, he walked out of the prison. After leaving jail, he got onto a flight to Chicago, okay. went to Michigan, went to Atlanta, went to Tallahassee. Hmm. China hmm. just do a big like, yeah, like goose what, chase, goose what chase, the devil? like, yeah. So he ended up in Florida, and he told himself, he's like, "Okay," he he was quoted saying, "He's like, if I can just stop, he he planned on getting a normal job and settling down in Florida." And, um, and then that's when he got his itch again. Mm-hmm. And that's he when he went to the sorority, but it was even stronger well, because he was very sloppy. It was, it was, well, well at this he point just, he was also on the, that's when he was finally put on the FBI's most wanted list. Right. And that's when he went into the sorority and went room to room. Wasn't it like four girls? Yeah, yes. And the crazy thing is, is he was in hearing distance of 30 other people that didn't hear him. And it was saying the, like, I don't know. I don't want to go into too much detail, but like one of them is said that he bit her buttock. Yeah. And, um, buttocks. her bum cheek, her bum cheek. And, uh, twice. I thought he just so bit her specific. the once. Twice. Cause he, they, was it, it the twice? Twice okay. in the same spot, but made it. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, the one he beat with the like Oak, all of them he did. Was it all of them? Yes. But yeah, some of the, and a couple of them ended up living, but two of them died. Right. Cause yes. it was those two that ended up being the yes. case that brought him down. And the crazy thing is how they, they think he would have killed everybody in that sorority, but one of the girls came home late and the headlights hit the. The headlights lit up the room and scared him. And he heard the door open. And she was in a dark part of the hallway or the entryway where he came in and she saw him just walk right past her. (sighs) Well, and so he got away, right? Because then his last victim was a a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. 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 And I want to say that that was his youngest victim. Yeah. At least confirmed. Confirmed. Yes. Because then, because I mean, then it was after that, that he finally got caught the final time in 79. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's what was crazy too, is wasn't he caught? Or sorry, yeah, in 79. Sorry, 78. He was caught, wasn't he caught because the vehicles was reported stolen? Yeah, and he was driving erratically. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, right here. So it said that uh, the stolen vehicle, there was um, sets of IDs belonging to female uh, Florida State University, um, 21 stolen credit cards and a television set. Um, and then it was also found a dark, dark rimmed non-prescription glasses, a pair of plaid slacks and that were later identified as a disguise that he wore to try and kidnap someone else. Cause that's right. He was trying to kidnap another little girl who was like 14, but her older brother came over and scared Ted off. And he claimed to be a firefighter or like the 
Richard Burton. He said his name was Richard Burton from the fire department in Jacksonville. And so when he got arrested, it said that the here here he's being transported to jail, unaware that he just arrested FBI's. They had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no and idea. Bundy was quoted saying, I wish you would have just killed me. Because that's right. He ends up kind of fighting and wrestling with the officer trying to get to his gun. Mm-hmm. The officer ended up winning and taking him in. Taking him in. Yeah. And he sat in prison for 11 years? Yeah. Was it 11? Didn't, he didn't. He got the electric chair in 89. Yeah. yeah. And even then, they still were trying to go for appeals. I think they won one or two, which pushed it off so far. Well, because then, he was starting so to, wild that they could win any. He was starting to confess, and he'd do it slowly yeah. to try to prolong his yeah. life. Until he finally they were like, it's going to happen. That you've told at, us all you're going to give <clears> us. Yeah. At one point, his attorneys... At one point, his attorneys reached out to try and get like some kind of affidavit or something from the families of some of his victims to try and help Ted by saying, sign this so he can stay alive longer so that he can possibly say where your family members are. And all the families were like, nope, we don't need that evidence. We know they're dead. We know he did it. Get rid of him. Yeah. But on the whole biting thing, that's one thing I thought was crazy is that was one of the Most big evidence that helped is they brought in, I forgot what they call them specifically, but, uh, wasn't it like his trademark, something like that? No, yeah. here it is. It's an Odon, odontolo. I'm going to say it wrong. Odontolo- odontologist. Yes. Thank you. Odontologist. 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 Yeah. A, a teeth specialist. A yeah. teeth specialist. They basically, they took a, a molding of Bundy's teeth and matched it to the bite mark. Because and he dang. had such unique teeth yeah. that they said that there's no way it could have been anybody else's teeth. Well, that's it's, it's funny how, and this is not to make light of anything that happened, but it's funny how they always say hindsight's always twenty twenty. This guy easily could have gotten away. Lived out the rest. He could could still be alive to this day if he would have just laid it to rest, escaped out of the United States, something like that. But he just, his ego was too much. I don't know if it's an ego or if it's an addiction. I think it would be an addiction addiction for him. But he, I mean, if you would, if you think about it, when he would have left and when he went back down to Florida, if he would have just left, like maybe gone to England or somewhere where there's no extradition and just tried to play it calm for a little bit. He couldn't though. He couldn't. That's yeah. why they say that those other murders were so, cause it wasn't his MO. He yeah. kidnapped one at a time. You know what I mean? Or two mm-hmm. was in the one case, but it was such a, just, it was, he was more crafty about taking people. Right. And with the college or with the dorm room, he just went in there and just, Went mayhem, and ugh, this makes me sick. But they say they could tell who was killed first, like who he attacked first, because they said just the trauma to the bodies would just slowly lighten. Like he took everything he had out on the first, like one. he was getting and tired, and then yes, getting tired, and then it slowly diminish with each one that he he had done. And just like his last victim, the twelve year old girl, he just grabbed her. Like he, it wasn't trying to trick her or anything. He just went to grab it's almost him. like he lost control yes. of his own well and it it said it said he down. took a knife to her throat like where the others he would either beat or strangle 
her he just well, yeah and it's 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 interesting because you look at all his his previous victims he took his time with it mm-hmm. he he basically stashed their bodies and would go back to them until they were too decayed i was gonna and, say and, that's and what he would was keep so the heads and stuff i think like, it's because he went a while without doing it. it he went on a a binger i guess is what he just went it's essentially I th- he I was think an, of addict. an addict yeah yeah exactly well it's, th- i i was gonna say you you painted the picture well earlier when you mentioned dexter if anyone's watched dexter mm-hmm. as i listen to a lot of the stuff we're uncovering i think of that show and i, I wouldn't how be surprised it, if their inspiration was ted bundy yeah. because mm-hmm. how in dexter he calls it his dark passenger uh-huh and, and he would he would get to a point where he feels like he's leaving his dark passenger and then all of a sudden it comes back with a vengeance mm-hmm. and it comes back like an addiction like he doesn't want to do it but like it comes back and it gnaws at him and it's constantly there and he's reminded of it. And like it consumes him mm-hmm. until he did something about it mm-hmm. and then he'd be good for a while. And then same thing, it would come back. Now he, he was like the prime package for like a killing machine, as you mentioned before, but also he reaped the benefits of a terrible communication system between all the States. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's, well, he knew the, he knew it. He researched it. That's what ended up getting him caught as well is finally it was five States. I want to say it was Washington, Oregon, Utah, Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. and Florida. Was it Florida? Idaho. Was it Idaho? Idaho. They finally had all their main detectives from each state get together and start sharing the evidence that they had. Mm-hmm. And I wow. don't, I don't remember if this was before Florida or what, but yeah, that's when they were finally getting on the same page mm-hmm. that it's like, Hey, we're all chasing the same guy here. Yep. Yeah. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot to mention the Idaho. So on his way from Washington to Utah, he picked up a hitchhiker in Idaho and killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And he drowned her. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and you, I honestly like think back to all the things we were told to avoid as children. I feel like he did all of them. Right. Maybe like, that's maybe you know that's what I mean? Reason. Like think of, of how think of how his like reign of terror has affected every aspect of our lives. Of our culture and our life and uh-huh. yeah. And I think that's why he gets brought up so much, is because it's because of him that you don't you know, you don't hitchhike. It's because of him that you you don't help some strangers in the you middle run of the night. Strangers, like, yeah. Yeah, like you yeah. Well, just all that stuff. My kids walk home from school and we flat out told them you don't walk home by yourself. You and your sister don't walk home by yourselves. You get in a group, five or six kids. You stranger you walk danger. Home. And I've told them flat out too. I said, if it's only two of you guys coming home, you go to the office and you tell them I need to call my parents. And someone will come pick you up. Oh, not to but mention too. Like, I'm not going to let you walk. Sorry, I'm not going to let you walk two blocks home for fear of someone like this. Is who knows who's out there watching and is going to pull that quick thing of, hey, get in the car real quick. And I'm afraid your daddies. Gone. Yeah. Well, and that's a couple things on that. It's like one: how many of these people did Bundy take that were literally just running out to their car for something? Like it was just that quick. Mm-hmm. And then. And then just on the whole kid thing, it's like you think stranger danger. These kids have it in their head that a stranger is going to be a scary person. And it's it's not. I mean, look at Ted. Very handsome, very um, smart, just trustworthy. Suave. Suave, yeah. You'd be very unaware. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Well, and have, you guys have heard about Ted Bundy's cellar. Cellar here in yeah. Utah. Have you? It's here yeah. in Utah. Oh, is that the cave? It's it's a straight up like cellar that's up in a uh, immigration it's, canyon. Yep. Oh dang! It's like got a legit door. Yeah, it's got a door. That's like a thing for air and whatnot. Now, this is you can find it easily on Google. Hmm. This isn't the say? American Fork Cave thing, right? No, this that's is a different. different one. That's no. his cave. This is called the oh, cellar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. Again, this is this is another one of those things like fact or urban legend. Like it's, it's hard to tell, but they they claim that this is a place where he murdered probably around twelve people. Hmm. Did they and, find bodies in there? And he would store them in there. Yeah. Um, that I don't know. I was trying to look that up. Like there was a story of a guy. I was just reading a story of a guy who spent the night in there, and like his his experience was so terrifying that he says he'll he's going to regret it the rest of his life like it still haunts him mm-hmm. you so, know oh go ahead oh, i was just gonna say this taking place here in utah uh, my mom growing up down in um i want to say she grew up in pinedale or is that is that a city here in utah maybe it uh, was Pinedale's near, in wyoming maybe oh, it was in alpine I, it was some oh pepper pepper oh i can't think of the what the, anyway down, down there by alpine <laughs> She actually, my mom knows someone who met Ted Bundy at some point, like just dirty. Well, yeah, seriously. Think about all those people who knew him or met him by happenstance. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. hearing the news of this, like how would that affect your psyche? Like knowing you essentially question everything, know that you're, you were, if, if you were a brunette woman, you were inches from death. Could you imagine if you target. went to church with him? Yeah. Like, yeah, he yeah. was in our congregation. Imagine yeah. being the missionary that baptized him. Oh, my gosh. Right. So I'm surprised I gonna, they didn't burn in the water. Right? For real. Yeah. So I was going to say on the whole, uh, like, being convincing, he got married while in prison. So oh, he, yeah. He yeah. found a Florida law that states that if you are in front of a judge when you like announce your engagement, you are legally married. Didn't we talk about this in our weird laws video? Kind of, but that was a different yeah. state. It wasn't Florida. Yeah. That was but a hotel too. Yeah. It was oh, just, that's right. That's it was right. just saying yeah. that you're married out in public. You're now, you're now married, married. So in Florida they had that. So his, it was, a. Uh, was wasn't she, his longtime girlfriend? No, or a different it, it wasn't the Washington girlfriend. It was this other one that he had been dating for a while. And I want to say they either went to school together. Like she was a law student, like a um, classmate, or they were on like the political party together. But they knew each other somehow. And she was on the witness stand to, because she had followed Bundy's cases. She had, um, she was a witness on his side both in utah colorado and florida and it was in florida that he asked her to marry him she said yes and so just like that they are now legally married and he did it in the courtroom while he was she was on the witness stand and he was questioning her because he was his own attorney so Mm -hmm. do you think that was just him trying to do one lot like be like oh look how smart i am do you think that's why you would do something like that i don't know just for the the attention yeah and then later, um, it was saying that, so he was not allowed to have visits. However, 
inmates could pay the guards to allow them alone time with their female partner. She ends up pregnant and has a daughter that she claimed was Bundy's. And uh, to this day, she still claims that. Yes, but uh, they've now basically disappeared. That it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's said yeah. that change your name, like well, and that's what's funny too. So she divorced him. I think it was like three years before his execution, and she divorced him because he confessed. She was disappointed in him for basically admitting that he was guilty. My goodness. Be- and I I don't think it was so much that she was mad that he finally gave up. It was that. I, I want to say she was seriously thought he was innocent. And so when oh. he finally came out and said that he was guilty, then she was sickened and left him, took the daughter. They said that the, they don't think the daughter ever met him. She probably never told the daughter who her father was. I mean, I wouldn't. How would you? Yeah. No. How would you live that? Like, but yeah. And then, yeah, appeal after appeal, they kept postponing the execution and it was finally, when was it, January 24th, 1989, that he was finally executed by electric chair. And they yeah. said that people literally cheered. Yep, oh, I out. can guarantee yeah. it, man. Oh, yeah. They were lighting off fireworks when the hearst was pulling out with his body. I mean, people were ecstatic. Yeah. Oh, was, heck yeah. Quick side note, the, the seller... It was actually next to his house. So that's how they know it was his. So his house was there, and then next to it was the cellar. But the house has been demolished. The cellar's still there. Creepy. So the cellar was, it's, uh, it's, yeah, been confirmed that Mm -hmm. he. So here's a question because, and this is the craziest thing about all this, is right, is the biggest problem with the communication between the states was prevalent in him making his reign of terror, right? Right. Yeah. You fast forward 30 years, that's not even going to happen anymore because no. states are communicating like crazy. You even fast forward to today, a serial killer of even his caliber isn't going to last very long because they've got security cameras everywhere. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. Well, and you think of uh, like a, a kidnapping, I mean... Every single person's phone goes off with that Amber Alert. Oh, and it's oh, yeah. every time it goes off, I, in a way, I like, yes. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> no, no. It's like a fist pump. Like, yes, this is why I love tech. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, you, these em. people are going to get caught in yeah. a matter of hours, yeah. not yeah. even days. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, to your point, there's this, I watched this uh, Netflix documentary. It was, uh, it's called Murder Family. And it's about this this wife and two children who were killed and stuffed into like an oil tank out in an oil field. Yeah. And I want to cover that one oh. in another episode yeah, yeah, because yeah. No, it's, that story it's is insane. so insane. But, yeah. but tech is a big reason he got caught. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in, in, and tell me if you guys have ever felt this way. I just growing up, I would see stuff like this, like Ted Bundy stuff, or I'd watch TV shows where they'd portray a serial killer or something like that. And I remember as even as a kid, I would get so angry, mm-hmm. like at this person, what they would do. Like I would, I would dream like not to be a serial killer myself, but I would dream of like almost being a vigilante and like going out with a bat and just like destroying. Dude, I have people. those same types <laughs> of dreams. Yeah. 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 Like I, like I would get so mad that I would, 
this is going back to our other podcast. Like, this is an instant where I'm like, murder, heck yeah. Well, like, if I'm taking out a serial killer, all day. Yeah. It's like bringing Dexter back up. You know, luckily, yeah. in Dexter's situation, he had the serial killer tendencies. His police father recognized it at a young age and guided him to use it for good. Essentially, and he was a serial killer of killers. Yeah. And I, I need to watch this show. It's, it's so it's wild, so dude. Good. It's so I good. I love Dexter. And they're coming back. Yeah. I know. I need to get on top of that. But, yeah, like... Oh, and I was going to hurry and say, too, before Bundy, like, um, he, he tried to help find that other serial killer, the Green River Killer. I can't remember his actual name. I was trying to find it here. They um, tried to form a duo. But anyway, the no, guy is a like FBI. serial yeah. killer squad. Yeah. He helped him. Oh, and right. this Green River killer still ended up on the rampage for um, 30 years. He actually was like the second most. He had the second most kills, at least um, proven. Really? Wow. How, how they caught him, too, is he flat out told him. He said, watch the, because they found a body or whatever, and they said, Watch the graveside. It's a freshly dug grave. Watch it. He'll return. And sure enough, the guy showed up to the graveside. And that's how they caught him. Even mm-hmm. sociopaths are creatures of habit. Yeah. Well, because that's what Ted Bundy did. How many times did he return back to, to like his, his cell body? stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of them, he, uh, he described a crime scene as if it just happened yesterday. And it was one of his Washington crime scenes. Like it was years and years ago, but he could describe it like it was yesterday because he spent so much time yeah. there. You just keep going back to it. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you guys think is the fascination with serial killers? Like looking in, in recent years, it's almost like exploded. Like yes. there's podcasts on podcasts, documentaries, all kinds of stuff all about these serial killers. Like, what do you guys think is the fascination the world has with them? I think the the obvious answer is the psychology behind it. I think what is going on in their head? Is it an actual chemical imbalance? Is it the way they were raised? It's just the unknown, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, like, growing up when, like, space was just... And it's still very much unknown, but I remember in the 90s, dude, space was like... Wow! Yeah. I think... think I think part of it, too, is how people like horror movies and stuff like that, that thrill when they start researching this. I think they still get that same like thrill of like this. Just it's so creepy. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like an adrenaline rush. Yeah, an adrenaline Mm -hmm. about it because it's I mean, it's you know, it's real. So that makes it even worse to where it's just I don't know, man. I don't know if that's what it is or not. But I think you're right. I think it's the it's the trying to make sense of the insensible like the you like trying to understand this this person that everyone looks at it and sees the actions he he took and and just goes why like how yeah. how could somebody do that do that how could yeah. they be pushed to that how could they get to that level and everyone they, we want to know and i don't we're never going to know mm-hmm. i don't think we'll ever get an answer well it's cuz we just don't we're not that person we're right not so it's like not going to make sense yeah. to us yeah it's like how we said at the beginning of this, how Bundy at a teenage level was looking at horrible crime magazines, like factual crime magazines, and liked it. Where mm-hmm. a normal person, 
you know, if you were told it's like, here, we need you to look at these photos to identify a crime, you're going to be sick to your stomach trying to look through these photos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, out of curiosity, and this is a totally weird question to ask, but both extremely evil, right? Like we've talked about Adolf Hitler in the past and now Ted Bundy, but did Adolf Hitler himself, did he ever kill anyone like himself? I heard he did horrible <laughs> experiments, but did he well, that, No, That's, I see what you're saying. That's a good question. Did he actually do like, it? Did, did he, he his... actually do it? Or did he like, how did he actually get a rise to power? Was it through violence or did he, create a group of people who would do his bidding for him. That's what he did. He had yeah. close people, his, but he, his rise, sorry, he really, he, you want to answer? You can. I was, I was going to say his rise to power was, he was piggybacking off of the embarrassing defeat from world war one mm-hmm. and how the country Germany was in a fragile state. And he basically played to that and said, we're going to come back. We're going to be better than ever. Mm-hmm. And, very much like Bundy was manipulative and charismatic yep. and convinced everybody that they were, you know, his w- way, one of the best countries in the world. And they were going to come back and they were going to be better and, I and make s- the world so great. And I heard some of his speeches were in like incredible. Like he could get a crowd so pumped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was Time then, Magazine's man of the year, like a year or two before yeah. the war. But no he would, way. He yeah. would slowly warm him up to it too. Like he'd start doing little things and then slowly brought it to where it became where it was. So during the Reich, does like did he himself ever actually kill anyone? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I heard he performed horrible experiments on people that in the end probably killed him. But he didn't do that personally. He had doctors doing that. Did oh, he? Yeah. Oh, he, he was yeah. into he, at the height of the war. <laughs> He was researching every way to possibly win. Like, yeah, I mean, there's tons of documentaries today, like that look into the creations of the German army. Like, they made some massive creations. They were the first ones to come out with a jet. They they created things that supposedly were like flying saucers, time travel. They looked into the occult. They did well, see, yeah, I've experiments. Heard that, I've heard sadly a lot of our medical knowledge is because of some of the horrible experiment experiments that he mm-hmm. had done and some of the uh, the doctors that defected and yeah from that or the research they did but and sorry and, and i and just to like finish my question i just i'm trying to like in my mind like where are these people i'm sure they have similarities yeah and but i'm also curious like if you had to pick, I mean, obviously both did terrible things, but it, it almost in a way like Ted Bundy in my mind, like the way that he did things. And I haven't looked that heavily into Hitler, like what he would do, but I know he had armies of people that did terrible things. And maybe mm. it's because Ted Bundy's so close to home, but man, I feel like a deep ominous, just hatred and fear from Ted Bundy. I think, I think what, what I'm grasping from what you're saying is like, it's, it's what they say about murder. If you murder someone with a gun, that's pretty typical. If you murder them with a knife, it's personal. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of a different level. Like Ted Bundy did these things directly himself. Yeah. And whereas as Adolf Hitler, like led the Reich, which ended up in killing millions upon millions of people and millions of Jews specifically. Yeah. 
And so like he, that was a direct result of what he wanted to happen, but he didn't do it technically yeah, he himself. Didn't like he trigger. didn't pull the trigger, yeah. but well, and they say I, Bundy did it out of a hatred for women. Like he had, I read it somewhere that the way he would do it and different things, he had such a, such a hatred for women. A possessiveness well, about them, yeah. But also a specific, but, like, looking specific, woman. Right. And so, you know what's like, crazy? Towards someone specific. Another parallel, right? Adolf really wanted the blonde hair, blue eye mm-hmm. race. The Aryan race. Aryan the race. Aryan race. And here we have yeah, another guy. Which he guy. wasn't. That's the part that yeah. always drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which he wasn't. But then we also have another serial killer here. Not you, Tony. I'm just addressing <laughs> your topic here. Well, but like Ted Bundy had his his type. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. both had their types. Yeah. It's. I mean, I honestly think at the end of the day, one of the biggest factors in all this is the that pride in wanting the power and control. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that weird? It's both situations. Crazy. Well, power and, and, and that control. narcissism too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's her. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say Hitler killed himself. Bundy wanted to kill himself. He did not want to go on death row because he didn't want they want to do it under their own terms. Exactly. He yeah. wanted he wanted to disappoint them that they didn't get to kill him. He wanted to kill himself and never had the opportunity. There's something so satisfying knowing that it was the electric chair. Yeah, really, for really, though. for real. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish it was. I would put it slower. on a low voltage. Oh, yeah. First, just like. Do uh, uh, We're gonna like, marinate uh, him for an hour, and, you know. Do a Green Mile style. I don't know, but to answer your question about Adolf Hitler, there is no evidence that he personally, by his own hand, killed anyone. Hmm. Really, it's spec. There's speculation, but and in no a way, evidence. that's honestly that's almost scarier. Yeah, yeah, because he's convincing other people to do it. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the is it the the Manson family. Oh, yeah. So Charles Manson mm-hmm. had convinced these people to kill this actress and and some other people. Like, it was a cult-like mm-hmm. existence. Like, you could almost say the same thing about the Reich to a point. It was almost a cult. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, some people were all in it, knew what was going on and were doing it. Other people were convinced by the outside of it and didn't know what they were actually like, yeah. participating in. And I yeah. also wonder if in my mind, and I hope that none of this is coming across as if like I'm downplaying Hitler, like Hitler is a demon. Yeah. Um, but I also think the numbers in my head, I can actually fathom the numbers of Bundy versus mm-hmm. Hitler. Like when you say millions, that is such an unfathomable number. Like I can't yeah. wrap my head around that. Whereas I can hear 30, 90, 100. I can picture a hundred people. Well, and that is like, and it makes it so much more personal. I think the fact that it was one man. Yeah. That from possibly a teenage age to what is thirties, forties. So in, we'll say a 20 year lifespan killed possibly a hundred people. So here's another thing too. Do you think Hitler, Hitler had an end game of how he thought things were supposed to be. So do you think he actually took pleasure in what he was doing like Ted Bundy did? Because Ted Bundy took pleasure yeah, in it. Yeah, you make a good point there too. That's like, crazy. Like, I think I think Hitler took pleasure in the power, not so much the actual murder itself. That's what I mean. I, and I have no but idea. But I almost it makes get it like a like to, a Yeah. Again, to not point. to downplay him. I almost get like a Thanos type vibe where in his weird, sick, twisted way, he thinks 
he's doing what's best for society. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas Ted Bundy is purely just a dark, sexual, sadistic pleasure. Yeah. So, and that's the other scary thing too, is like Ted Bundy died two years after we were alive. Mm -hmm. Like we were alive in the time of Ted Bundy. Yeah. We were very far away from the time of Hitler. Yeah. That's true too. Well, Uh, I think, I mean, I think at some point we should do a deep dive on Hitler. I, I would be very intrigued. I don't know what we can uncover there. I'm sure there's a lot. We could go into the conspiracy of him being alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we could. Anyway, um, before we kind of get off too far, let's, I'm going to call it quits for tonight because I feel like we covered, I feel like we covered Bundy pretty well. Um, I hope you as a crowd enjoyed this. I hope you didn't find it too dark and depressing. We wanted this to be more of, kind of documentary type style so intriguing yeah kind of like a conversation almost yeah kind of give our take on what we thought of it and if you enjoyed this you know let us know because um even though it's a heavy topic it would be interesting to go into other serial killers or hitler like you said yeah yeah and maybe see what we could bring up there so yeah um, Let us know who you think we should talk about. Yeah. You got any specific... Always down for suggestions. Serial killers you want to yeah. hear about. Maybe those that we don't know too much about that we ourselves could learn more. Zodiac Here Killer. Black Dahlia Murders. Yeah. Ooh, Zodiac's one of my favorite. I know. And, and just recently <laughs> they cracked murder. one of his yes. Uh, codexes. Yes. Yeah. I know we like to keep things light here, but we also like to venture into unique spaces and Darkness. Co- between conspiracy and, <laughs> and uh, you know, cold-blooded killers. <laughs> We're all over the map, but we hope you enjoy the content just the same. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I had a lot of fun listening to you guys go on about this because I... I We knew a lot more than I expected. You guys did know a lot. (laughs) You knew a lot. But thanks for joining us tonight, crowd. You guys have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thanks for being part of this crowd. Bye. 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 Bye.